TSN 1200 presents I Run, the running show, hosted by CFRA talk show host, Ottawa citizen columnist and marathon runner, Mark Sutcliffe. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us once again this week. Hope you've had a great week. Ray Zahab is still on his expedition. Looking forward to chatting with Ray when he gets back. So joining us once again this week is I Run's general manager and editor, Ben Kaplan. Ben, great to be joined by you once again this week. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, how's your running been going lately? Well, I tell you, I really had a breakthrough. Um, I did the chilly half last week, and it was astounding. Now, part of it is because my watch didn't work and I didn't have a time goal. Okay. And things had been a little bit hectic at my house. On you know, unfortunately, my uh, my sister-in-law has been sick, so things. Uh, uh, have been, you know, a little bit trying. Everybody's a little bit pushed. And I tell you, I got out there and did this race, and I just disconnected, disconnected. And it was, I, I had been feeling absolutely, you know, like like we're giving everything we got and it's not enough. And then I got there on that race day, and all of a sudden I am vigorous. I am powerful, you know? Wow. So, yeah, man, it was, I mean, in a nutshell, it, this is the reason why we, you know, why we do it, that you can literally transform. And I uh, I, I got my uh, my vigor back. So, so was it, yeah. you did the half marathon? I did the half marathon, and the half marathon now, since I generally run marathons, uh, you know, it's, it's, as far as my running is going, I don't know. I mean, because the half marathon to the marathon isn't really, they're, they're totally different beasts. Right. But so I'm not necessarily saying I'm, in, in, you know, I'm ready for the Olympics or anything like that. All I'm <laughs> saying is all I know for sure is it was, you know, you know, every once in a while you get out there and you reconnect with why you do this in the first place, yeah. you know? And so and was it, was it a super fast time for you? Was it your fastest ever? It was it was my second time. Uh, it was my second fastest ever. Wow! But I wasn't even going for that. Yeah, like that wasn't even. And I, and since the watch wasn't working, I thought I was going to bring it in at one twenty five, and that would have been fine. But it turned out I brought it in at one twenty three, and that was fine. You know, like yeah. so so. And I, but the notion of like I didn't even know particularly what my half marathon PB was. You know, and and, and 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 I did do my half marathon PB the time that I didn't beat was in Vancouver in the summer at a Lululemon thing, and I think to huff it out in Burlington in the winter is about as far from you know Vancouver for Lululemon. This is more, much more of a gritty sort of you know a runner's run where the other thing is a little bit like you know you're a little on vacation sort of thing yeah. you know. Yeah, well, it's interesting because my fastest half marathon ever uh, was a race where I was not planning to run fast. And I was just yeah, entering this race yeah. to, to have fun. And it was actually uh, leading up to a marathon. And it was, it was, I was going to treat it as a training run, but participate in this event as well. And I got out there and I felt good. And I was running and I didn't have a watch. I was running with my buddy. <laughs> and, and we ran together for a while. 
So I knew how fast I was going for the first 12K, but then he said, look, you go ahead, you're running well, I'm going to hang back a bit. And so for the last 9K, I didn't have a watch, I didn't know how fast I was going, and I just ran as fast as I thought I could run and as long as I could sustain it, and then I get to the finish line and it was my fastest half marathon ever. So sometimes that's the way it's got to work, right? I mean, isn't that funny? And look at me and you who have devoted, I mean, we've both written running books. <laughs> like, let's just say me and you are pretty immersed in this culture. And as much as we know, like, I, <laughs> for our own, we, 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 we surprise ourselves constantly out there. And we, we're, we study this stuff religiously, you know? Yeah. So what does it mean? No and one this knows. Is, this you know? is not the way they tell you to do it in the books, right? But, yeah, but, but right. sometimes you know, it works so out that I, way. I mean, you know, you can, on one element, you sort of get it, like, let go, have fun, you know, go how your body feels. Uh, yeah, that's very funny. I didn't know that you did your best half that way as well. That's, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, so... That freedom, I mean, the freedom freedom certainly speeds you up as opposed to being chained to your watch. I mean, it just makes sense. Exactly. Uh, so earlier this week was International Women's Day, and uh, you and I have chatted about this before. We've chatted with Krista Duchesne about it, uh, with Sylvia Ruger, with so many other great women's athletes. Uh, but running has really changed for women the role that women play in the sport has really changed in the last few years. And I have to remind people sometimes there was only 1984, barely 30 years ago, that women were allowed to run in the marathon at the Olympics. It yeah, was thought to yeah. be dangerous for women to run anything more than about 800 meters until until very recently. So they've had to fight their way into this sport. But now we're really seeing women thrive and excel in the sport of running. Two things I'd like to add to that. Uh, what, one, I, one of the things I love to say is in the 90s, when they used to make women's shoes, as recently as the 90s, they would just take a man's sneaker, make it smaller, and add pink. And that's the way, you know, these companies did women's shoes. So yeah. to show you how far we went from there. The other thing that's astounding, and here's a thing that I've been working on for a long time, is that women aren't only running, but they're running the races. From Calgary to Manitoba to Vancouver to the Sporting Life 10K to the TO Women's Series, women are the race directors of these things. So they're not only participating in the races more than men, but they're running the races uh, by and large, if not more than certainly, you know, uh, 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 an astounding number of high-powered running executives are female, and I think all of that is just good for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I wanted to talk about Jean-Paul Bedard because he's coming up on the show a little bit later. And uh, you connected with this guy, and I think it's great. We've had him on the show before. He has such an inspiring story, his own personal story of overcoming abuse and and other challenges that he's faced in his life and how he's used running to do that. And he's run some amazing things, uh, and he's he's planning this crazy event uh, coming up that we're going to talk about as well. Um, but he has also now turned around, and on the iRun website, he's answering runners' questions about all kinds of different things, and it's been going really well. Yeah, he he makes me uh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to have him involved with our family. And I like the idea that he brings so much to the sport. I, I mean, even what I was trying to get at with, with talking about my own experience, I think if your running can mean something beyond times and beyond losing weight, if it, if it can take on some sort of special, if it's about something more than that, 
um, you know, you're really more inclined to stick with it and actually take something more from it. And he's a great representation of that. So I like the idea of him answering questions beyond, you know, what should I eat the night before race day and, 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 and these stuff, which is, which is important, absolutely. But, you know, talking about work-life balance, talking about how do you respond from a bad day, how do you channel the negative feelings to a positive action, this sort of stuff, uh, you know, is, is really interesting, and he's very good at that. He has a book coming out, too, which uh, I'm very pleased about and proud of. Yeah, and so he's going to join us coming up later on the show as well. We are going to talk to uh, a runner who is participating in a very cool event next month here in Ottawa where some of the participants are actually going to wear a little bit of extra weight to simulate what people with kidney disease go through, the struggles that wow. they face to stay active. It's uh, for an organization called Alive to Strive here in Ottawa. And so they're putting on a race, and people can just enter the normal way and just run the event. But a few of the participants are going to wear this extra weight in order to kind of understand the plight of the people that they're raising money for who suffer from kidney disease. So that's pretty cool. And that's, that's coming amazing. up. Yeah. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a guy who is leading a group of runners who are going to participate in the Great Ethiopian Run. They're heading over to Ethiopia to participate in this event. So, Ben, thank you. Great to talk to you again. We'll talk to you again next week, probably. Great. I appreciate it. Ben Kaplan, I runs editor and general manager. And again, coming up next, we'll tell you more about this group who's heading to Ethiopia for the Great Ethiopian Run. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's I Run, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to I Run, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. My next guest is Olivier Bonnet, who is the executive director of an organization called Ethiopiaid Canada. And they are organizing a group of people who will participate in the Great Ethiopian Run, the largest race in Africa in November. And it's going to include an opportunity to visit projects that have been funded by Canadian donors. And Olivier, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, Mark. And for long-distance runners, of course, uh, Ethiopia and Kenya, that part of Africa, uh, they know it to be uh, such a uh, cradle of running, of great runners, the birthplace of so many legendary runners. So there's always interest in that part of the world among runners. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you're planning to do. Yes, so this is um, this is a, a fundraising challenge for um, um, for Ethiopia Canada, um, and we're hoping to get um, at least seven participants from Canada to um, uh, to raise funds and participate in um, in the activities uh, in uh, Ethiopia in Addis Ababa, uh, the capital. Um, between November 17th and 24th, and that includes the uh, the Great Ethiopian Run that you just mentioned, a 10-kilometer race. And so tell me a little bit about that that event, because uh, I've heard the name before. I don't know a lot about the event, but obviously, as I mentioned, because because there are so many runners in Ethiopia, it's it's obviously a very big event. Yeah, it's the, um, um, I believe it's the 15th year that it's running this year, and so it was founded by um, Haile Gebrselassie, who was... Uh, a great Olympic champion um, in the 1990s and early 2000s. He founded it. Um, he founded this event. I mean, really to um, uh, to encourage um, and um, and seek um, all the running talent that that uh, that exists in 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 that part of Africa, in Eastern Africa. 
and it's become a, a huge event. Um, we're not the only charity that participates in um, in this event, uh, but um, it's it's really there's lots of festivities and there's a whole carnival atmosphere in the city uh, during the the, the, the the few days um, ahead of the race and and also after the race. And so we're using this opportunity as well to. Um, uh, to uh, bring awareness, uh, to, to raise awareness about the, the projects we support um, in Ethiopia and in Addis as well. So let's talk about some of those projects. What, what have Canadian donors contributed to? What are some of the projects that are, that are underway in Ethiopia because of the support and generosity of Canadians? Yeah, so we um, we have partners um, in Addis and in different regions of the country. Um, uh, we mostly uh, focus on, on women's empowerment and, and improving women's condition in Ethiopia, but we also work with partners that are specialized in, um, in uh, helping children with handicaps, uh, helping street children as well. In Addis Ababa, there's about 100,000 street children, and one of our partners um, has... Um, um, a food shelter and provides breakfasts to uh, about 800 uh, street children every day. So um, that's just one example. And also um, we have a partner who um, spe- specializes in um, children with, uh, in helping children with handicaps. Uh, they're called Cheshire Services, and they have a rehabilitation center in um, in Addis, and um, and uh, professionals who provide uh, orthopedic and uh, social rehabilitation to uh, children with handicaps. So those are amongst uh, the few projects that um, uh, people who participate in in our event uh, could come and visit. And there's also volunteer activities uh, to uh, really engage uh, meaningfully with. Um, with our partners um, uh, during those days, there'll be activities, um, uh, volunteer activities um, that people can participate in. So, Yeah, so it's the whole experience. You, you go there, you run the race, you're part of that, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, but you, you also get to see these projects, you get to volunteer, and, and you get to contribute. Yes, that's great. I mean, it's really the challenge is not just the sports one, although no, it's a, it's a very uh, a very competitive race, the ten kilometer. Um, if you know, if people are really in for the uh, the running challenge, um, uh, because there will be some some incredible runners there. Uh, but it's also um, uh, people can also participate um, uh, by just walking the race or. or um, because, as I mentioned, there was a, there's a real carnival atmosphere, so people are singing and dancing and, and really enjoying themselves. Uh, but at, at the same time, it's for a good cause because, um, yeah, we've been working in Ethiopia for about 25 years now, and um, uh, we have many Canadian uh, supporters who um, who have funded uh, some of these projects. And so uh, the challenge is um, is associated to this this um, this good cause. And you mentioned the carnival-like atmosphere. You sent me an article about the event, and and there were pictures in this that just looked amazing. The thousands and thousands of people, and they all seem to be wearing the colors of Ethiopia. Yes, that's right. I mean, there are there are T-shirts um, um, that yeah that represent the. Uh, the colors of Ethiopia. It's it's very very colorful. There's um, I think last year there were forty thousand participants. So 
Um, it's really, and you know, with people coming from uh, from countries all over the world. I mean, both for the the, the, the challenge of the race itself, but also for the uh, um, all the festivities that. Um, that place at this time of year. It's it's uh, it's a very nice uh, climate in Addis at that time of year. So um, yeah, it's it's become a, a really um, uh, trademark event, I think, for for um, for Ethiopia and for the running communities internationally. Now, have you actually been there for the event? I haven't uh, uh, participated myself. I'm I'm going to Ethiopia tomorrow. Actually, I'm leaving tomorrow for our annual monitoring visit, and and also to um, yeah to discuss with our partners all the arrangements for the the activities in November. I'll be back in early April, and um, uh, but um, we have um, Ethiopia has other offices in different countries, um, and one in the UK, namely that was the the where the organization was founded, and they've participated uh, for many years um, in this event, um, including, um, um, you know, some, uh, some, uh, some uh, companies. Um, it's a great um, uh, way for companies also to, to participate by having employees um, uh, go there to... Um, uh, to uh, to raise and and raise money for a, for a, for Ethiopia aid. So, how does it work? If people want to participate, what do they have to do? So, they should uh, contact our office here. Um, so, um, our, our website www.ethiopiaidcanada.ca, and um, and they can uh, they can also call our office. Um, our number is six one three two three eight four four eight one. Um, we expect participants to raise about four thousand uh, dollars for Ethiopia Canada, but this includes um, uh, the hotel accommodation and breakfasts. It includes all the transport arrangements, including all the activities, the registration for the race. Um, and everything else will be at, at their expense, flights namely, uh, because Canada being so large, it's uh, difficult for us to coordinate that aspect. Right. And so you, you fundraise among your, your network and, and you connect with them, and if you raise this money, then, then you just have to pay for your flights and a few additional expenses when you're there, and then you get to participate in the run and volunteer at, at these projects and, and really get a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. That's correct, yes. All right, Olivier, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, and good luck as you recruit Canadian runners to participate in the great Ethiopian run. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you very much, Mark. This is a great opportunity, I think, to um, yeah, for, for people in the running community, if they're interested in, in the challenge and, uh, and to help a good cause. It's, um, it's a great way to do it. As, as you say, it will be a, a really an unforgettable experience, I believe. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Mark. Olivier Bonnet, who is the executive director of Ethiopiaid Canada. And again, the Great Ethiopian Run is coming up in November. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about an event that's coming up next month here in Ottawa. It's being put on by an organization called Alive to Strive. And in the race, people will be participating just like in any other race, but a few participants are going to wear some extra weight. They're going to run with some weight on their chest, and we're going to explain why they're doing that, what that's all about, coming up next. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's iRun, The Running Show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. 
Now, back to Iron, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. As I mentioned, my next guest is going to be participating in a very unique event next month. It's called Alive to Strive, and it's a race in Ottawa where people are actually going to be wearing weight while they are running. Noel Payne is a runner who is very passionate about the sport. He writes about the passion that he has for running. He's been on the show before, and he joins us once again today. Hello, Noel. Hey, Mark. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, amazing, amazing. I love talking about running, so any any chance to do so is, is, a, good, is, a, is a good day. Yeah, me too. And uh, so let's let's talk about how your own running is going these days. Just give me an update on what you've been up to. Sure, yeah. No, I think the last time I was on, it was my 258-kilometer run for my 40th birthday, and since then I took some, some downtime and focused on uh, being a running dad with a uh, with the new little one at home and oh, congratulations. all of that. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It, it's definitely changed uh, how one trains and, uh, and runs. Somebody no question. else is in charge at home now. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, the freedom to run whenever you want is, uh, is pretty much gone when you have kids. Pretty, pretty much, exactly. Yeah. So have you done any events? Have you been, have you been doing anything ambitious, uh, even remotely close to what you did for your 40th birthday? Not quite yet. Right now, I'm focusing on uh, running the Ottawa Marathon in May and uh, potentially helping somebody else uh, get to the finish line. But I sort of backed off anything uh, too aggressive because I want to make sure that uh, everybody at home is taken care of first as well. The priorities have changed a little bit uh, this year, but we're looking to get do a few races this uh, this summer. You mentioned helping somebody else get to the finish line. Uh, that's kind of a, a fun experience, too, and, and I've done it a couple of times in, in different races. And if it's somebody who's doing a distance for the first time and they feel like they need some support to encourage them to get to the finish line and they're kind of thinking, you know what, I don't know if I can complete this distance, and then you run along with them, it's, it's actually quite rewarding, isn't it? It is. I'm uh, nothing confirmed yet. I, I've tried to put any pressure on uh, either one of us, but uh, it would be nice to sort of uh, take the stress off myself, and perhaps help someone else out. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and that's a big part of it too, isn't it? The fact that you get to run a race and complete a marathon or a half marathon, but the pressure's not on you. You're just there to help somebody else. So it it does change the experience, and it's more, uh, it's just more relaxing, and it's more about the other person. It, it, it does exactly. I agree. Yeah, so let's talk about the Alive to Strive event that's coming up in late April. Uh, tell me a little bit about the event and about the organization. Sure. The uh, The race itself is uh, April 24th in, in Ottawa. Uh, it runs along the Rideau Canal, and it's got sort of a 1K, a 5K, 10K uh, with options for running and walking, wheelchair, even a team challenge. The part that I'm doing, so not everybody will be wearing so that weighted vest that we mentioned, um, but the weighted vest is to basically simulate uh, what dialysis uh, patients go through in terms of the weight gain they have. And that's because the Alive to Strive, um, as a fundraiser for uh, the Alive to Strive Kidney Fitness Project, and I especially like this because it's an organization that uh, is not only committed to sort of education, prevention, and public awareness about kidney disease, chronic kidney disease, um, but it focuses on the, the fitness uh, and, and sort of the helping those undergoing dialysis or dealing with kidney disease to 
stay active or, or try and maintain that, that's the, that, that healthy active lifestyle, which helps them deal with the disease. But, um, and that goes back to the, the, the founder, actually, of it as well. Yeah, that's uh, is that Marie Evshaney? Yeah, exactly. The uh, so the high jumper that was sort of was sort of stricken with this disease, sort of as she was abroad, actually trained to be a high jumper. Yeah, and she's been on the show before and talked about this event and the organization, and it's it's very impressive. She's very inspiring. Um, so people can participate in the event just just to participate and to run a race, but a few people like you are actually going to run with this weighted vest. And and it's going to it, the thing I like about that is it's it's sort of taking the uh, the dynamic of of raising awareness about something to another level because you're actually participating in an event and you're simulating what the people uh, who are stricken with kidney disease have to have to bear. That's exactly it. It's, it's opposed to the. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the run that walks for different causes, but this one sort of throws in a different. Uh, different angle, and you get to sort of, uh, I think once we're out there, I haven't done it yet, so once I'm out there with that weight on it, I think you'll, the thoughts will go through your head, you know, how difficult this is, and how uh, not only are you dealing with the disease, but you you know, you're going to be tired, your, your level of fitness goes down, and I think we all know what it's like when you're, when you're not able to do what you want fitness-wise. It has a huge impact on your uh, mental strength and how you deal with life in general. Yeah. So. And so it's about seven pounds, is it? Yeah, I think three kilograms. So the other works out to be 6.6 pounds if I do my math right. So. Yeah. And so that's, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's significant when you're running. And, uh, I mean, just it, it's effectively like you've gained that weight and you've got to run with that. So are you preparing for that in any way, or are you just going to see what it feels like on the day? We've been advised not to. I think they want us. They want us that the fresh experience of, uh, and it may. I'm, I'm sure that there's potentially more weight gain on average that the you know that kidney people suffering with the kidney disease probably take on. This sure. would be a safe weight to give us an idea. Yeah. So yeah, no no training. I think my uh, my commute back to work with the, with a heavy backpack might give me an edge, but <laughs> I'm just going to put it on, take on the experience, and if I can keep up any pace, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you're right. That's the best way to do it because if you really do want to simulate what it's like, then then you want it to feel different from your normal training. You don't want it to be something that you've experienced on a regular basis. It's it, exactly it. That's exactly you want to be able to sort of, especially when you do this to help raise awareness. I mean, I've taken all the competitive out of it so that I'm going to go in, enjoy the experience, uh, and really try and help uh, raise awareness about uh, what people go through. And other people are doing the same thing, right? There are, I think the, the police chief is, uh, is doing it, and a few other celebrities are going to participate that way. Yeah, there's going to be a group of us that we're going to show up at the start and throw on our vests. And uh, uh, I, I think we've all been picked because of either our impact to, to reach out to others in the community and, uh, and share our experience. So it should be a lot of fun. And so what have you got planned beyond the Ottawa Marathon? After you finish this race, which is a, a unique one, and then you do the Ottawa Marathon, have you thought ahead to what you might be running in the summer? I've actually just started sketching that out. And I, as I've turned 40, I think I'm going to try and hit the track and do some uh, some shorter events in the summer and maybe do an ultra marathon in the fall. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And I've got a I've got a few events that I've uh, decided to support as well, like Alive to Strive, and uh, we'll 
see what happens. I'm always looking to try and do some good uh, as I put on my running shoes. So, And so you're actually going to do shorter events in the summer, but then an ultra marathon in the fall. So you're taking it to both extremes, basically. I figure why not? I figure I'm 40, so I've got a couple of good years where I get some good times in. And I started out on on the track doing 800 meters and 1500 meters when I was much younger. So I figure I'm 40. I'll, I'll see how fast I can go before the old bones start falling apart. So, <laughs> yeah, because uh, really, uh, this is there's a small window once you turn 40 to put in fast times, especially at the shorter distances. You can kind of stretch. Uh, you might be able to do a PB in the marathon when you're. 44 45 46 that kind of thing but it it's the the ceiling starts to come down on the shorter distances first and then on the longer distances yeah completely i've already experienced that uh, it's just as, as i was edging up on 40 i've done a did a few races where you, you reach down to that that the gear you used to have as you came into the home stretch and a few times i've realized that i was already in that gear <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> And that's where your motivation has to change and, and where running for a cause, running to support an organization, a charity, uh, running to raise awareness about something where those kinds of things can can take over from just trying to turn in a faster performance every time you run, right? I agree completely, Mark. Um, I think, especially as you get older, I think you reflect on things a little bit differently. You know, you're not chasing an Olympic dream anymore. You're not, you may not be setting a... Uh, personal best and might be an asterisk beside it so i think right now i I like giving back when i can um whether it's through my writing sharing people's uh, stories or challenges or the live to strive uh you know helping them raise money i think they've said the last five years they've raised like a hundred thousand dollars so for a good cause that touches us as well because it's not only about the kidney disease but it's but helping others maintain that active lifestyle that helps them deal with things. So, yeah, it feels good to help. Right on. Well, good for you for doing it, Noel. Congratulations on that and uh, on everything you've done as a runner. And uh, good luck next month and as you keep training for the Ottawa Marathon. Thanks a lot for joining us on the show. Thanks a lot, Mark. And the last little shout-out will be the fact that people are interested in what they heard. They can go to alivetostrive.ca or just Google that name and uh Come on out and uh, see us struggle with uh, our, our, our vests or uh, go and run a, an event yourself. So right thanks on. a lot again, Mark. Thanks, Noel. Noel Payne, who is running in the Alive to Strive event that's coming up next month here in Ottawa. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be joined by iRun Magazine's Jean-Paul Bedard, who has an inspiring story of his own. But now, of course, as you know, he's helping runners through the iRun website. He's answering their questions on all kinds of different things, and we'll chat with him coming up next. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's iRun, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to iRun, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. My next guest is an author and an endurance athlete who has done some amazing things. We've told you before about some of the really inspiring things that Jean-Paul Bedard has done. And he now writes regularly on the iRun website at irun.ca, where he answers the questions of our readers. And it's great to have him back on the show. Jean-Paul Bedard, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Mark. It's great to be back. And uh, I, I love the way we, we've set up your your uh, interaction with readers on the website. Questions about running, about life, or about both, are they're all welcome, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the, the funnier the questions are, I think the more fun they are <laughs> to answer, too. Yeah. 
So, uh, so first of all, before we get to what some of the list, the readers and our listeners have been asking, uh, how's running going for you lately? It's good. I think uh, I think most of us in Canada have been pretty lucky to have been blessed with a not too bad of a winter. I know people out in the Maritimes have been hammered a little bit, yeah. but uh, here in Ontario, we're doing okay. It's a little little chilly today, but by and large, not too bad. Yeah. And so, what are you? training for right now and how is your training going my training is going pretty well um i've my next big race coming up is uh the boston marathon um and then a few weeks after that i'll have the um scotiabank ottawa marathon uh but i've made it a little trickier for myself because yes. i decided to run something called the ultimate canadian double double I'm going to run the marathon twice on Friday and then twice again on Sunday. So four marathons. Yeah, and we talked about that the last time you were on the show. So you have done, you've done the double Boston, right? Correct. And then you did the triple marathon in Toronto last fall, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and so now a double double. Now a double double. So you're going to run it twice on the Friday and twice on the Sunday. No, twice on the Saturday so, and then okay. twice on the Sunday. Twice on the Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's. Um, I don't even know how you would go about training for that. So, what kind of volume are you running these days? So the the trick for me to do that is I've uh, decided to just kind of pull back on all of the the speed work that I would normally do, which is as a Type A runner, it's really starting to mess with my head as I'm moving towards Boston, and I'm not putting in the you know the massive tempo work that I'm I'm used to doing. Right. Uh, but I, I'm casting my sights beyond Boston to, to what I need to do in in May. Uh, so I've started to do back to back long runs on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so my Saturday is typically a 25 to a 30k run, and then my sa- Sunday run ranges between 38 up to 50 kilometers. And I'm hoping before I get to the Ottawa race weekend that I will have done a couple of 60-kilometer Saturdays followed by a 60-kilometer Sunday. Okay. So, so speed... It's not, it's not been fun. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that. So, I mean, you're... you're. It's challenging, obviously. It's a, it's a slog sometimes, right, when you it, do these it, long runs. It, it really is. I mean, um, it, it, to me, it's not... This type of running has very little to do with the physical exertion. I mean, that's definitely part of it. But it, it's the mental exertion. Yeah. And in order to, for me to get through what I'm planning to do in Ottawa, I know the first day won't be too bad, but it's going to be getting myself out of bed the next morning and knowing that I have to go out and run two marathons. That's uh, that's the challenging part, and that's all mental. And if yeah. the, the, the more I can convince myself that I can push those mental boundaries further and further away, the, the better my experience will be in Ottawa. And it's it, it really is getting yourself out the door sometimes, isn't it? I I find that the most challenging part of running sometimes is just to just start to actually once once I'm out the door, it's almost like my run is is a certainty. Uh, but it's it's getting to that point of getting myself out the door that can sometimes be challenging. Well, and there's so many things we can throw in the way to sabotage that yeah. run, and that's <laughs> that's why I, I traditionally have been an early morning runner because. You know, I'm pretty much sleep deprived by the time I wake up in the morning, and there's there's very little that I can throw in the way of me getting out that door. 
but as my day progresses, there's always always distractions and excuses. So that's why I've always liked to go out first thing in the morning. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good luck as your training continues for uh, not just Boston. Well, Boston's going to be a piece of cake. You're just going to go and run the Boston Marathon. Then, and then a month later or six weeks later, you're going to run four marathons in two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about some of the questions you've been asked since you started this this regular presence on the iRun website. Um, the, a lot of the questions have to do with um, how how to how to motivate yourself. This is this is always a big question that comes up, um, and particularly people are interested in what's motivating me to do what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I found it interesting. When I've looked at some of the questions, um, I thought they were going to be people asking you for advice, but a lot of them are asking you about your experiences, right? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's totally changed a different direction. It uh, I I thought it would be a lot more, you know, what would you recommend I eat to prepare for this and and that type of a thing, but it's not really about that at all. It's turned into uh What's what's making you do this? Yeah, kind of a of, of a column, it's just which a is conversation, great. a dialogue with you, basically. And it's really good because, uh, to to be perfectly honest, I haven't really analyzed why I do all these things. And uh, <laughs> maybe it, you it, should. It, <laughs> I, it probably it's probably a reason why I'm doing them because I haven't thought about it too much. Yeah. but uh, it, it's been kind of a neat a neat dialogue to. To, to get into how other people are observing the way things are going. Um, but more, more importantly, it's allowed me to connect with a, like a, a much broader community of runners than, than I had before. And uh, so to me, it's been, a, it's been a huge gift so far. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I've, I've been trying to, to pull in some elites. Uh, I, got, uh, I had a question from... Uh, uh, Hannah last week, and now I've got uh, Lanny sent me a question for this week. So okay, cool. I'm trying. I'm trying to find out how how their little brains are working out there too. Yeah, well, that's good. And I saw one question that you were asked, which is, what is the proper way to DNF a race to do not finish a race? And I thought that was an interesting <laughs> question. What do you if you decide you're you're uh, you're you're not going to finish the race and you're going to pull the plug? What what should you do? Is there a right way and a wrong way? Is there a protocol? Is there an etiquette? Well, and and that question comes up a lot because particularly in in most of the races that we're we're doing in Canada now where the half marathon and the marathon go out at the same time on the same day. And you you reach this point of the marathon course where you pass the finish line of the half marathon. And if you're having a tough day or, you know, the weather's not cooperating or just for whatever reason, it's just it's not your race. It's very tempting to pull off the course and cross the finish line at the halfway point. And the question was, do you pick up that medal? Right. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I think it's a personal decision, but uh, <laughs> I know from, from my own experience, because I have had to do this a couple of times, and I know from a few of the other runners that I, that I hang out with that, boy, I don't think we could live with ourselves or even look at that half marathon medal if we were to grab it. So, uh, yeah, I don't uh, think I could either. I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of a funny thing. I mean, first of all, it, it's torture the way they set up some of these courses. They're not all like that, of course, but uh, it's almost like running past your house 
uh, halfway through your long run on the weekend, right? You, you want to yeah. go inside. You can probably even see your family in there gathered around the fireplace, you know, drinking drinking warm drinks and, and having bacon and eggs. But you've got to now go out and run another 10 or 15 kilometers after you run by your house. You wouldn't do that to yourself. So why run past the finish line halfway through a marathon? I know. It's, um, it's brutal. And one yeah. of the things that I that I had struggled with last year when I ran the Toronto Waterfront Marathon three times was that emotional letdown of yeah. crossing that finish line each time and then like, oh, here we go again, right? And kind of knowing every turn and every bump on the road for the next four hours. So in order to prepare for Ottawa, what I've started to do on my long runs now is do a loop course. Right. So instead of doing like a 50 kilometer course that kind of had me going all over the city i've really shrunk the the course down and i'm I'm like doing it two or three times on a sunday now just to prepare my brain for that the monotony of here we go again here we go again that's a good a good way to prepare yeah well yeah. it's it's a good form of self self-torture <laughs> but it, it, i think i think that's the that's the that's the type of training that i need to work on yeah and it's funny because is it preparing you or is it just making everything worse, right? <laughs> because I just wonder sometimes whether whether part of what we're doing is preparing ourselves and we, or whether we're better off to just not know what it's going to be feeling like. Because when you do your first marathon, you have no idea what you're in for. And then you do it and you're sort of like, man, I'm glad I didn't know what it was going to be like because I might not have done it, right? That there's an element to, there's, there's value in sometimes in it being fresh on the day you're doing it. Yeah, there is. Uh, the The only added element for me in this is that I have a lot of uh, a lot of kind of self imposed external pressure of all of the people who are are watching what I'm doing that day. Sure, and I, I it's you're out there, right? You've put, I think, you put I think yourself of, out I think there. Of, I think about the Olympic athletes, or you know, people waiting to take the final final shot with uh, five seconds to go in a game or whatever, and I I, I don't know how they deal with that pressure because. Just little old me running, and I know that all these people are are, are watching me run. Is uh, it's it's a huge it's a huge weight to have to yeah have to get through. So yeah, yeah, you want to be part, as part of the joy. Possible. Yeah. Well, Jean Paul, it's always great to talk running with you, and uh, once again, I'm I'm always inspired by what you're doing, and we're so glad to have you writing on the I Run website and uh, having that dialogue with our readers and uh now i have no excuse not to go out for my run today it's cold but uh but i'm definitely going to get out there and and do my long run today because uh i have no choice now after hearing about some of the long runs you've got coming up i've got nothing to complain about thanks for joining us all right well thank you for having me and we'll talk to everybody soon yeah absolutely jean paul bedard you can check out his writing at ivrun.ca and that's it for our show this week thank you so much for joining us we'll talk to you again next week Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening.